Good morning. Glad to see you this morning. Uh, I was thinking as we were singing that last song, uh, you guys sound really good. And uh, more importantly to how good you sound is um, what, uh, what the Bible says is not so much about the quality, it's about the condition of our hearts as we uh, sing in uh, praise that uh, we do it in spirit and in truth. So um, we're continuing today our look at really at social media and from a, a Christian worldview. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about truth today. Uh, have you ever seen a news story and thought, I don't think that's what really happened. Uh, right? Maybe it was on the, in the, the newspaper, on the news, in social media. Someone shared an article. It, uh, I, I saw this article, and, and I looked it up to verify the date. In, in 2006, the, the local paper in Riverside uh, ran an article uh, claiming that there was a local pastor who was frequenting strip clubs. And the local pastor was a friend of mine. And I was like, I don't think so. And the article went on to say how he was using church funds to pay for his lifestyle. It, and it, it just kind of appalled me. And uh, I was suspicious and uh, he, you know what actually happened? Uh, there was a young lady who worked in one of those clubs that had attended his church and got saved, made a decision to follow Christ in under conviction, committed to minister to those working in that industry. And so a ministry developed in his church supporting this lady as she ministered to those people. So how did the newspaper get it so wrong? I mean, that's like not even close. Now, I heard a, uh, uh, a perspective one time actually from Rick Warren who had similar kind of thing had happened. And he said, you know, he expects that kind of thing because, uh, the secular media, they don't understand church. They don't understand how churches do things. And so they be out of their, the just ignorance of how churches run. They say things that just aren't correct. Yeah. I don't know that that's the case in that situation. They, they're just making stuff up and they went with it. Like it was true. I think part of it is because we're willing to accept information that supports what we already believe, right? If we think that it's true, then we accept it when we hear it as being true, even though there's no verifiable information there. That's it's actually what's called an echo chamber. You might be familiar with that. It's an environment in which a person encounters only beliefs or opinions that coincide with their own. And so that they're existing views are reinforced and any alternative ideas are just dismissed or even never 
encountered or considered. So what do we do about it, right? If that's something that happens, right? When you hear something, read an article, encounter information that only reinforces what you already believe, that's a problem, right? We need to make sure we're, we're looking at reality as reality. And so, first of all, uh, get your information from multiple and varied sources, right? That you can't just always go to the same location, the same source, if you're wanting to know what's really going on. The Apostle Paul warned us about the echo chamber in his second letter to, to the church, uh, sorry, to Timothy specifically. And uh, 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, he said, For a time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Right they're, they're What they believe is just being reinforced and it's not substantiated by evidence. And they, they bring people together that tell them what they want to hear instead of truth. So this is the, the just tell me what I want to hear syndrome. You would think with the transition from print media to television and internet, and there are just more sources out there that there would be more opportunities to verify information. But only if you do access multiple sources, right? If you're always going to the same place, you don't get that. And so the problem is that there are so many sources and they don't all agree on the same standards of what is true and accurate. The uh, Associated Press does a regular column on uh, basically called Not Real News, <laughs> a look at what didn't happen this week. And because there's so many people that get their news from social media and you just see a story and think that it happened. And so... There are trending stories that aren't real. Uh, here's a couple that, uh, the, this is fake news stories that have trended recently and cited by the Associated Press. Uh, one is that uh, Vladimir Zelensky didn't make a video belly dancing. That seems obvious, but, okay. but in September, <laughs> you, guys, you guys thought it was real. Uh, in September... There was a video that was very popular. Uh, it was trending of Zelensky belly dancing wearing a skin-tight golden costume. And people said, that sure looks real. It's a video. You see it with your eyes. It's got to be true. But it didn't take much uh, research to find out it was a deep fake where they put his face on an actual belly dancer. Another one, uh, chia seeds don't cure diabetes. Uh, again, there was an, an article seemingly real that there was an AI doctor that said chia seeds will improve, if not cure, diabetes. A uh, little bit of research, you know what? There is no AI doctor that ever said that. So that means someone generated that fake story and put it out there. And others went, hey, I like it. 
That's better than so many other alternatives. Another one, um, there's no evidence that an American plane lost in 1955 reappeared after 37 years. Although there's pictures that uh, seem to indicate it, but they were fake. The Ocean Gate submersible was not recovered empty. Unfortunately, um, it wasn't recovered. But there's a CNN uh, shot that seems to show that. And it, well, it was on CNN, right? But that actually didn't happen. And there was no shot from CNN. And then this one surprised me. But did you know that Disney World did not remove Cinderella's castle? But there's pictures going around showing where it used to be. No, it's fake. And there's a lot of fake things that people believe because they're, they're like shocked, surprised. Uh, there's evidence that, that when people see something that is surprising, they get a, a dopamine burst. And so we kind of look for things that are surprising because we kind of like it. But then finding out that it wasn't real, that's frustrating. Even more so, it can be dangerous. In uh, July of 2022, the Brookings Institution uh, put out uh, a study and their title basically, Misinformation is Eroding the Public's Confidence in Democracy. Well, that's concerning. In September 2019, the the New York Times uh, had uh, an article At least 70 countries have had disinformation campaigns. Okay, that means there are countries out there that specifically have people that that are consciously, purposefully putting out fake information out there for us to consume and believe is real. Especially in an election year, there are people that would like to see the U.S. in chaos, And one way that they do that is with false information. That means that if you're not careful, you can end up being used as a pawn for others that would like to do harm to the United States. So what's the the Christian worldview perspective on this? Well, Well, first of all, we need to be concerned for the truth because God is truth. Right? God's concerned with it. In fact, what Jesus said, John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Right? Jesus didn't just say, I really like things that are true. I really want you to be truthful. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I can't get that apart uh, across enough that if we are God's people, how important it is that we are people of truth. And we need to be concerned with it. In John 4, 24, uh, Jesus said, God is spirit and those who worship him was, must worship in spirit and in truth. You realize worship needs to be truthful needs to be honest, how important that is. That's why we spend so much time when we gather together reading God's word. So, so when we gather together, it shouldn't be someone's opinion. It should be based in the truth of God's word. 
that should be the foundation always. There's a, a lot of skepticism about journalism and the mainstream media. Uh, but the journalistic profession, they have standards. Uh, I, was, I was curious, like what specifically are the standards when there are, are stories? If you're a journalist and you want to write a story, what standards do you use to determine what's true? The Society of Professional Journalists, here's what they say in their preamble to their their code of ethics. They say members of the Society of Professional Journalists believe that the public enlightenment is the forerunner of justice and the foundation of democracy. Ethical journalism strives to ensure the free exchange of information that is accurate, fair, and thorough. An ethical journalist acts with integrity the society declares these four principles. So there's four principles that they say, here's what it's going to be. Number one, seek truth and report it. And then there's like subcategories of how to do that uh, for all of these, which are seem obvious. But I don't know that we always think that way. There's a reason if you're a journalist, for the most part, you like study how to be a journalist. Right? You identify the sources clearly. The public is entitled to as much information about the source that you can uh, give. You're, you're vigilant, courageous about upholding powers, those in authority, accountable. Uh, you recognize special obligations and those who might have ulterior motives. You avoid stereotyping, label advocacy, all kinds of things. Uh, by the way, the other two, minimize harm, act independently, be accountable and transparent. Now, here's the thing. I'm not so idealistic or naive to believe this is what always happens, right? If you read something from some news source, you go, man, you just heard me read those standards. And so I have confidence. No, I understand that uh, news is a business. And because of that, because it's a business, it's about profits and the bottom line often affects the product, right? There's, there's definitely influences other than just we have journalistic standards. So we realize there's, there's other motives. But we have to at least begin to assume that if there's some journalistic standards, we could have confidence in that where maybe someone's just sharing something that there's not that same standard to. So we should approach any assertion of truth with wisdom, if not skepticism. Uh, but we don't need to be jaded like the old hecklers on The Muppet Show, right? We don't need to just assume everything's fake, right? We don't want to be like that. And so here's the thing. With wisdom, check your sources, right? So there's, there's a responsibility. If you're going to absorb information, you have a responsibility to know if it's true and how accurate it is. There's actually just a few ways you could do this. It's, it's not as hard as it might seem. I'm not giving everybody a research project. Uh, first of all, you do a quick search, right? That's why Google exists. Google is our friend in this case. Uh, so you do a quick search. You do look for standards. Does this source have those journalistic standards? Check for transparency. Examine how errors 
are handled, right? In the past, if there's been a mistake, do they print a retraction, correction, things like that? And then uh, you assess news coverage from other sources and see if it agrees with that. And there's some red flags that you might notice. There's things that are false or untrue. They use clickbait tactics, right? Because that's every click is money for them. And if that's what they're doing, the sensational uh, headline, then you have concern. Uh, Lack balance, uh, manipulated images or videos, uh, state-run or state-sponsored, if it's dangerous, offensive, or malicious. So, so remember that the credible sources aren't perfect, but we, we can have some confidence or at least more confidence in their source. I, I wanted to, thinking about this, I wanted to tell you a story. Uh, there was a, a guy that I knew from church, and uh, he shared a story on social media with, with outrage. He was like, he was perturbed about a prominent Southern Baptist leader that was speaking at a conference. And the conference uh, was billed. It was inclusive and diverse and charismatic. And like all of these buzzwords that you would go, I think I've got some concerns about this conference, right? This is not a place that I would uh, send people to. I personally know this gentleman that they were saying, and I'm like, I don't think that he would be at this conference. I, I've got questions. And so I went to Google and I searched it. I just put in his name and the name of the conference. And every single hit that I got on Google, now there was a bunch. I'm like, wow, maybe he really is speaking at this conference. But, but as I clicked on them, they all cited the same blog that brought it up to begin with. There was no other source that said it. And when I went to the conference and their website, he wasn't listed among the presenters. Now, there was a bunch, like 20 other presenters, and his was not there. You know, you get enough evidence, you go, he's not speaking at this conference. So what happened, this, this gentleman saw someone shared an article... And saw it, and in his outrage said, we need to get the word out that this guy, right? If you're, you're doing this very public thing, and you're supposed to be representing, in this case, Southern Baptist, and, and you're, you're, you're doing something counter to the interests of Southern Baptist, I'm, I'm concerned, and so we got to get the word out. And you might go, well, man, you spent so much time. It literally took minutes for me to check that that wasn't true. Right, I, The Bible talks about spreading rumors, right? If your first instinct is to go share, you need to be careful. You have a responsibility. We all have a responsibility to make sure what we share isn't just a rumor. The Bible talks about it. Exodus 23, 1, you shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. So he mentions two things. That's, that was in the law to the Jewish people via Moses, right? God's saying, look, here's two things you need to be careful of. Don't spread a false report. 
If it's not true, you don't contribute to spreading it. And you don't join hands is the analogy, right? It basically means when someone says, this is true, but they're just being malicious. It's not true. You don't come up alongside, grab their hand and say, I stand with this guy. You don't do that. We have a responsibility. What happens on social media is the more the word gets out, the more that it seems true. But if there's no evidence for it, you've just spread rumors. You've just supported the malicious witness. So what do I do if and perhaps when I mess up, right? How do I respond? What should my responsibility be? It, it Doesn't it seem like it's social media's fault, right? It's got to be someone else's fault. I didn't write the article. The byline, not my name. But what do I do if I've just shared something that is just wrong? Well... Whether it's social media, it's online, it's in person. If you mess up, make it right. You have a responsibility to make it right. In Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Right? You don't conceal it. You don't pretend like it didn't happen. You get it out there in the open and go, look, I really messed up. So how do you do it? Well, first of all, you apologize to whomever you have offended. If it's in person, the people that were there, whether it's an a individual, maybe it was a larger group. So here's the thing. The Bible's really clear. The more you have influence over, the more you have a responsibility to clear it up. That means if I really mess up standing here in front of you, I have to apologize to all of you. That's serious. All right. So how does that work if it's online? Say I hit the share button. I have responsibility, first of all, to apologize to everybody that might have read that. So I have to put it out there. Right? I print a retraction just like you would if you were a, a journalist and you messed up. You found out later you made a mistake, you print a retraction. Right? Something like, I am so sorry I shared a story in which I didn't verify the truthfulness. I will do better moving forward. So, so interesting. I wrote that this week, beginning of the week. And as I was scrolling through social media this week, I saw that a friend of mine from church who, who basically shared, oops, I am so sorry. I shared a story that was from like 2010. I thought it was current and everything that it kind of meant. It's not true anymore. I've messed up. I'm sorry. I'll do better. And I went, yes, good job. You know what? What happens if she doesn't do that, right? What if I'm, I, I catch the mistake and I see she shared something that wasn't true, that no longer applies, that's an old article that doesn't fit the situation anymore. That means the next thing she says, I'm going to go, I don't know that I can believe this. 
I'm not so sure that what you're saying is correct. See, there's a lot at stake here. There's your reputation personally. There's the reputation of the church, this church. You're here, so you're tied. You're, you're in. And that means when you do something, it reflects the church. Also, and more importantly, what you do affects the reputation of Christ. And so the burden to do something correctly and when you mess up to make it right is huge. So we need to take that seriously. The Bible is the first and best source of truth. So know it well. The best way to know if something is true, if it makes sense, if there's a foundation in truth, it's to know God's word. And what's so nice about this is this isn't just a statement about uh, knowing stories, articles, things like that in the media. This is how we know what is true in life. Right? When someone comes to me and says, hey, did you hear about this research? Did you hear about this evidence? My, my source, my foundation that I stand on is God's word. Now, it doesn't mean that, that I'm so close-minded that I'm not willing to hear something else. Right? Because I need to check my sources. I, I don't, shouldn't live in an echo chamber that just reinforces what I already believe. But... I know God's word well enough. Uh, I've seen people on, on social media that attack the Bible. And their attack of the Bible just is wrong. I'm like, wait a minute. You're using that to talk about the church? And you're like misquoting it? You're not giving the context? That's not what that verse means at all. Right? The reason you know that is because you know the Bible. And it's important that you do. Best way to spot a lie is to know the truth. Uh, in John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said to the Jew who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. All right. So there is good news. It, as I was preparing for today, it felt very much like I was giving everybody more work to do, right? So here's the thing. There's, it's hard. You can't share anything that's not true. And, and so before you ever share anything, make sure you do this huge research project. Because otherwise, how do you know what you're saying is right? But it doesn't alleviate us just because it seems like a lot of work. It doesn't alleviate our responsibility to be truthful. A friend of mine shared something, uh, an article, and it was about another pastor. And I went, same kind of thing. I'm, I don't know if that's true or not. And uh, it was about a month later. Someone did a follow-up article on the first one talking about the, the, they had totally messed up the first article. 
Now, the newspaper that carried the first article never printed a retraction. They were perfectly happy with the lie being out there. They still thought what they said was correct. But, but the firsthand evidence said it just wasn't. And so all I did was send that second article to my friend who had shared the first article. And she was really embarrassed because she didn't do the research the first time. And she said, here's the reason she shared the first article, because it was shared by someone she really trusted. And she's like, there's no way he would share something that wasn't true. He was a pastor of a really large church in the area. You know he did his research. Guess what? He didn't. He saw an article that supported something he already believed. And he just shared it. So there is some extra work here. There is a burden here. Uh, I tend to not share things other than just personal. uh, Because I don't know that I can check all the sources. If I can't do that, I don't want to. Right? I want to make sure what I'm saying is true. Here's why. Because the power of truth is that it sets us free, Jesus said. If truth sets us free then things that aren't true do the exact opposite. They bind us. We have a responsibility to be free. Psalm 86, 11, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. The reason God teaches us is through his word that we then can walk in truth. Uh, if you don't have a regular Bible reading practice, Every day, set time, set an alarm. When the alarm goes off, you know you're reading the Bible. You get an email or a notification every day with scripture verses or something like that. I would recommend it. The way you will know God's word is by spending time in it, reading it every day. And it's worth it. Uh, I've got a couple of next steps for you today, and, um, and then next week we're actually finishing up this series, and we're going to do it by looking at a specific uh, example, basically a case study in the book of Acts of the effects of social media, or I know there's no social media in the book of Acts, but the effects of, of what can happen. So that's a commercial for next week. So some next steps today. First of all, um, a verse to memorize is one that I just read, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5, where, where Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ, who is the judge, the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience, and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And will turn away to listen from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you always be sober minded, enduring, uh, endure suffering for the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So Paul specifically talking to Timothy saying, there's a big job. That job requires preparation. It requires your, your knowing what you believe. 
being strong and enduring and understand that that won't be true for everyone around you, but you have to stay strong. Uh, A second uh, step might be to commit your online activities to always being truthful. Check your sources, verify the truthfulness of any story before you share it, right? Before you hit share, is it true, right? Is it substantiated? Uh, uh, the, other, the other way we always look at this, and I didn't say this yet, does it mean that it's true, everything, uh, everything that's true should be shared? Uh, is it really everybody's business? Is it your responsibility to be the one to share that? Uh, talked about this um, with my family quite a bit. Our responsibility to share truth doesn't mean that everything we hear needs to come back out of our mouth then. Maybe it's not for us to say. And it certainly might be for someone else too, but it may not be for us. And then the last one, make daily Bible reading the foundation uh, before your news or social media activities, right? If your first thing is to jump on social media, uh, you're, you're hitting Instagram or TikTok or, or Facebook or, or Twitter, and, and you're just spending time on that, and you, you're falling down this rabbit hole instead of spending time in God's Word. I would say flip that, right? Make sure that God's Word is the foundation before any of those things. That's how you go in prepared. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. I thank you for each person here. I thank you for the encouragement of your word, that we are to be people of truth and the promise of what that truth means. That being people of truth, knowing truth and walking in it is how we're free. Father, help us to understand what is true and not, what is our responsibility to share and to uh, believe that we wouldn't be people just gathering around uh, sources that will tell us what we want to hear to tickle our ears. Instead, we would be people of truth, continually seeking truth, and that truth would be what comes out of us. Uh, Father, uh, I thank you for Uh, uh, the fact that there are journalistic standards and help us to be people that understand it a little better to work on conforming to that. Father, most of all, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the cross. I thank you that you loved us enough to send your son to die that we might believe and be saved. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.